Well, it is Friday of the Big 12 tournament. The semifinals are all set as we continue on through what is one of the best parts of the year if you're a, not just a, a college sports fan, obviously, but a sports fan in general. Selection Sunday is obviously just 48 hours away. Matthew Post is joining me. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Uh, this guy yesterday covering the quarterfinals was just uh, doing a great job. The site was on fire. We appreciate you guys sharing the stories, reading the stories, sending them to friends, family, everything else. Uh, it all makes a difference. So, Matthew, let's talk about the quarterfinals and just put a bow on those. Uh, upset, obviously, look at Oklahoma against Baylor. Are the Sooners right now in the NCAA tournament? Uh, not yet, it doesn't look like. And, and Porter Moser doesn't exactly want to make a case for his team being in the tournament until, as he said, we're here to win the Big 12 tournament. Uh, you know, pump, pump the brakes a little bit. But beating Baylor did definitely help. They went from being a team that wasn't even on the bubble to, according to ESPN, when they dropped their new bracketology at midnight last night, they moved up to the third team out of the NCAA tournament. So that win over Baylor definitely helped them but they're probably going to need at least one more win, I think, to get back into the tournament field, and that win would have to be tonight against Texas Tech. Okay, all right. So you think the Sooners still have uh, a little bit of work to do, but what, what made them so successful against Baylor yesterday? Was Baylor sleepwalking through that game, or was Oklahoma just firing on all cylinders? You know, I think Oklahoma just has a lot more to play for, and you know, to, to hear uh, Porter Moser talk about it after the game, when they lost Elijah Harkless in mid-February, they just – it took them a couple of games to recover from that. And those games just happened to be against Iowa State and Texas Tech, and both of them are blowout losses. OU fell to 500 at that time. I think everybody, including myself, probably thought they were dead in the water at that point. And now they've won four straight. And a lot of it is because they've tapped into their depth on their team. You know, Jacob Groves had a really good game last night. So did Marvin Johnson, a guy who really wasn't on their radar at all at the beginning of the season. And then Emoji Gibson is starting to do exactly what Moser's been actually asking him to do all season, which is drive to the basket more. That last drive to kind of clinch the game in the last minute was a thing of beauty uh, for OU. And, and you could just tell just the way how emotional he was, just how big, deal, big a deal that was for him. Baylor played well. You know, I, I felt like they were in that game the entire time. They controlled it at times. Um, but you can see when just – a little bit of something's off. You know, Adam Flagler didn't have that great a game. He didn't shoot that well from the three-point line. Um, when you have only seven guys you can rely on, if, even, if one thing is even just a little bit off, it can kind of make things a lot more difficult for a team like Baylor. So I think that's part of what you saw on Thursday night. So, Matthew, uh, the other comeback, or at least uh, upset, would be TCU beating Texas, and they were trailing big in that game. You said TCU's a dark horse to watch in this thing when we talked earlier in the week. Uh, what's Jamie Dixon's program got going right now? What do they do so well? Yeah, that was just, I mean, Texas, <laughs> just, they just choked that one up. I mean, you're up 18 at the break. TCU looked dead in the water. At one point, TCU was down by 20 points. And TCU rallied back in that game because they didn't panic. You know, when you get... 20 points down like that, a lot of teams just kind of lose their mind and they're trying to get it all back at once. And, you know, they chipped away at it over the course of that 10, the first 10 to 12 minutes in the second half uh, to the point where inside of the final four minutes, it was basically a tie game. They had opportunities. And without a healthy Mike Miles, who twisted his ankle 
uh, about 10 minutes uh, left in that game, you know, you saw guys like Damian Baugh, Eddie Lampkin, Emmanuel Miller, and others kind of step up there in the final couple of minutes and hit big shots, which, you know, Chris Beard kind of upgraded his team for not hitting big shots down the stretch. Jamie Dixon's Horn Frogs did hit those big shots down the stretch, and they're now a 20-win team and firmly in the tournament, and I think really just the fact that he's been so patient with them all season in terms of just all these different disparate parts that he's been trying to put together that probably took the longest to come together of any of those teams that had like eight or nine transfers come in, his patience is paying off because he now has four or five guys who are willing to step up in those moments and make those big shots. And, you know, TCU, you know, they've got a puncher's chance against Kansas, uh, but I think they've proven to everybody that the program, after a couple of years of, you know, kind of being kind of stuck in neutral, is, is potentially heading back up. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Matthew, now Texas, Chris Beard was pissed after that game. I mean, he was not happy. Um, should Beard and should Texas fans be worried about this team going into March Madness, or do you take the approach of, as oftentimes teams do when they get upset in the conference tournament, it's fine, we were in the tournament anyway, and now we're going to have fresh legs for next week? Yeah, that was interesting. You know, Brian Davis, who covers the Longhorns for the Austin American Statesman, actually tweeted after that, that's the angriest Chris Beard press conference this season by a long shot. He was he was not happy. And the thing that really steamed him up was the fact that he felt as if his team just wasn't willing in those last few minutes to step up and make a play. He made a point of saying two guys sitting next to him, Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen, were doing that. They were the guys that were trying to do that down the stretch, which makes me wonder what he said to the other 13 guys in the locker room after the game. But hmm. somebody else also tweeted something that I thought was really interesting. Chris Beard is 1-5 in the Big 12 tournament. He's 4-1 in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So Beard historically, now that was during his time at Tech, you know, has not done well here in Kansas City, but has done well in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So I'm going to be interested to see how they how quickly they turn around in the next week, but this is this is what Texas has been all season. They'll play a game or two where they look like everything is clicking and you're thinking to yourself, "Okay, they're about to become the consistent monster that we think they were going to be at the beginning of the season." And then they play a game like that where they get up by 20 points and blow it. It's mm-hmm. the maddening inconsistency of this team that has kept them from being a truly great team in the country this year. Yep. Um, Got to talk about Texas Tech blowing out Iowa State. Uh, speaking of Chris Beard and his former stomping grounds, boy, that was not a good look for Iowa State last night. Uh, they obviously are out. They're in the NCAA tournament, and uh, Coach Ott's tried to put a positive spin on this thing. You know, last year we had two wins. Now we got 20, biggest turnaround in the country. Okay, but I think Iowa State fans, you know, are are wondering if this team can win a game or two come March Madness, come the NCAA tournament. I wouldn't be feeling good after the last couple of games, Matthew. What about you? You know, it's interesting. Um, You know, I, I think they showed what we've kind of talked about throughout the season. You know, they don't have a lot of scoring options on that team. And when Isaiah Brockington doesn't play well, the team overall doesn't play well, but Otz did say something interesting, and this may be just him, you know, trying to wrap his brain around what's going to happen over the next week. But he said, because the big 12 conference is so good and because everybody in this conference plays defense so well and, and tech just smothered them on Thursday night, he he's has the logic now that maybe as they get into the NCAA tournament, they might face a team or two that doesn't play defense as well as Texas Tech or Texas or Iowa State or these other teams in the conference. In other words, 
he may be thinking that his first-round opponent might actually be a little bit easier to play than Tech because they're not mirror images of one another. I don't know if that logic holds up, but when you've lost your last three games dating back to the regular season and you look that bad offensively against a team like Texas Tech, you better hope your next opponent can't play defense well because mm-hmm. they, they've got to do a lot of soul-searching over the next week to kind of bounce back. I still think they can win a first-round game, but I don't think they're going to get much farther than that. Yeah, i, I got to believe that that's – I don't know if that's the ceiling, but it's certainly, you know, the what should be realistic expectations for Iowa State fans trying to be optimistic here on this thing. Now, uh, the Kansas-West Virginia game was the other blowout of the day. Uh, Bob Huggins got ejected early on. Uh, KU rolled. McCormick didn't play a ton. Still not quite sure what his status might be for tonight, but – uh, you got to say right now with the teams that are left, KU's the favorite, right? So what would you see from Kansas in this game in terms of where where uh, their future goes from here? You know, Bill Self was pretty happy after the game, you know, and, and Bill isn't always happy after games like that. True. He, uh, I, I feel like, you know, I think things went exactly the way he was hoping. He wanted a game where he could play a lot of guys. He wanted a game where he didn't have to play McCormick very much. He wanted a game where everybody could kind of shake the rust off of the last few days and just, you know, play a good game, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, I still look at them as, of the four teams that are in the tournament, they're still the best team overall. Uh, I'm not sure how much McCormick will play tonight either. Uh, Bill was cautious after the game last night in terms of how much playing time he wanted to devote to David McCormick. But, you know, that game went about as well as it could have gone for him. And, and the fact that Huggins got you know kicked out halfway through the first half didn't hurt either because he didn't have to touch against the future Hall of Famer. Uh, <laughs> he had to, you know, that, that, that helps considerably because Bob can't make adjustments and get in his players' ears at that particular moment in time. Unfortunately for West Virginia, uh, that hope of an upset of Kansas uh, never really materialized at all. It did not. Hey, college basketball fans, it's Pete Mundo, your host of the main Heartland College Sports Podcast. By the way, we are growing out the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Hope you'll check out our Texas Tech and Bedlam editions of the show that are getting underway. And you can join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year, with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yes, it's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. So what does that mean? Everyone can play Free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers. Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code HCS. That's HCS for Heartland College Sports. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with our promo code HCS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21-plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Uh, Matthew Postens is joining us on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Let's talk about these uh, games tonight. TCU, Kansas, uh, the question like we just talked about, McCormick, what's going to happen with him? Will he play? Will he not? Uh, regardless, what do you think this game looks like here as we uh, get set for tip-off at 6? 
Well, yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, all these teams in this conference play each other twice. But TCU and Kansas will be playing for the third time in checks, notes, 11 days, I think. Yes. That sounds right. Yeah, so that that's that's different because they had the COVID cancellation early in January. They put the reschedule at the end of the year. So they played each other two times in three days last week. And uh, TCU won the home game in Fort Worth. Kansas won the home game in Lawrence. And the people forget, I think, the game in Lawrence is actually close. You know, mm-hmm. TCU was actually in that and only lost by four points. So the Horn Frogs are not in the least intimidated by um, Kansas. And I think one thing that TCU has that the other two teams in this field do not have is they have Eddie Lankin. Um, Eddie had a really good game against Texas uh, last night, 10 points, nine rebounds, but he is one of the few legit seven footers in this conference. And because of that, you, you have to think about how you defend TCU a little bit differently. Um, they've still got all these great perimeter players, but because they have an anchor guy down low that can rebound, that can post up, that is really starting to emerge offensively, uh, you you have to devote a little bit more to defending him than you might have had to at the beginning of conference play. Uh, it's a unique dynamic because if David McCormick doesn't play very much Friday night, if it's Mitch Lightfoot, if it's Zach Clements and some of these other inside guys, none of them match up with Eddie Lampkin at all. So if McCormick doesn't play a lot, Eddie Lampkin could have a really big game, and that doesn't necessarily mean TCU is going to win. But that really has the potential to discombobulate what Kansas wants to do, perhaps on the offensive side of the floor. They want to get, you know, missed shots. They want to get transition. They want to get the ball moving up the floor. If Lincoln's dumping it in from two to three feet every few possessions, that's going to throw off their offensive rhythm. Yeah. Um, So then we've also got Oklahoma taking on Texas Tech. Um, OU, like you said earlier, could be playing. If they win this game, you got to believe they're in the NCAA tournament. So possibly playing uh, to get in to the big dance here coming up next week. Will OU be able to duplicate what they did last night, or is Tech going to be too much for them defensively? Well, both of these games have been blowouts. You know, OU got them by 15 in Norman. In fact, that was Texas Tech's worst loss of the uh, conference season. Tech beat them by about 18, 20 points in Lubbock, uh, although Mark Adams said it was a close game at halftime. You know, I look at what OU did last night and the missing ingredient for them, even though they won was Tanner Gross. You know, he did not have a good game. And, you know, OU has proven that they can overcome that. But because of Texas Tech's overall size across its entire starting lineup, I mean, those guys don't have a, a wide height range. They're all in that 6'4 to 6'8 range. Uh, they present matchup problems for Mojo Gibson, and they present matchup problems for Elijah Harkless. So Oklahoma really needs Tanner Groves to come in there and have a good game tonight, even if it's just grabbing 10, 12 rebounds. They need somebody that can give them something inside and keep guys like Bryson Williams and Kevin Elvinor off the glass. Now, when Oklahoma beat Texas Tech, that was the night Omoja Gibson had 30 points and made eight three-pointers. I don't think he's going to duplicate that when they play each other tonight. Um, As long as Texas Tech plays its game, and they defend well in the perimeter and don't let Oklahoma get hot from outside. I think Texas Tech will end up winning this game and advancing to the championship game. I just I, I watched them last night, and it wasn't just the fact that they played so well offensively. Their defense was yeah, at a level that I haven't seen it yet in about two weeks. Yep. All right. So I'm going chalk Kansas Tech winning tonight. 
But that being said, I picked Baylor and Texas to uh, meet on Saturday. So what do I know? Both my picks are already out. I forget what your pick was for the Big 12 championship before we started here. So uh, what do you like tonight? I was Baylor. Mine was Baylor, so I'm right there with you. I think I had Baylor. I think I had Baylor, Kansas. Okay, um, but I had Baylor winning. So uh, tonight, I'm going to take Kansas. I think they're going to. I think this is going to be one of those nights where Agbaji has a a big, big night for them because I don't think McCormick's going to play very much. I think they're going to have to lean more in their perimeter game, and that that leads me to believe that a guy like Agbaji or perhaps Jalen Wilson is going to step up and have a big game for them. And then I think TCU wins the other game. I'm sorry, Texas Tech wins the other game over Oklahoma. Uh, again, it's going to be another really balanced game for Texas Tech. And watch Kevin Obenor. You know, I think I, I wrote in the mailbag a couple weeks ago, when he is efficient on offense, Texas Tech tends to win. He had a really good game last night. He was 4-7 from the field. When he does that, Texas Tech tends to win. I like it, Matthew. Uh, we'll both be down there tonight at uh, T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. Looking forward to more coverage, and we'll be talking uh, tomorrow. We'll do a Big 12 championship game preview tomorrow as well. So if you're listening to the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And, of course, uh, leave a rating and review if you can. And we've got those Heartland College Sports koozies always available for you. Just got to leave a rating and review and then send me a screenshot of that rating and review to my email, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you all hooked up. Matthew, keep it up, man, and we will talk to you tomorrow morning. All right. Sounds good, Pete. Appreciate it.